With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two guys of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And happy NBA draft night, Minnesota Timberwolves fans. This is a special live edition of Mackie and Judd here on the Score North YouTube channel. Got the Surleys flowing, whatever Declan's clinking around in his glass over there. Probably something stronger. Yep, looks like it. Yep. Ah, the sweet sound of the summer of Surly over there. There it is right there. Uh That's right. Look at that. Daily Minnesota sports entertainment speculation therapy as needed. And we were originally going to go live like an hour ago when the Wolves made the 19th pick. And then a series of trades took place. And so we are trying to wrap our heads around what's going on. Also understanding that there might be more to come either tonight or in a week or two weeks from now with the NBA league year starting. But um, here is, as we know it, what the Timberwolves have done so far tonight. And by the way, thank you guys for hanging out with us here on this Thursday night on the Score North YouTube channel. If you could click the subscribe button and the like button. It'll help spread the word about Score North and Mackie and Judd. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give you some daily Minnesota sports fodder in your feed as well. So initially, the Timberwolves traded the 19th overall pick and a future second-round pick to the Memphis Grizzlies for the 22nd pick and the 29th pick. And then with the 22nd pick, they drafted the Defensive Player of the Year in college basketball, seven-foot center from Auburn, Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler. Sounds like a 90s uh, country music artist. Some kind. It does. Hey, everybody. I'm Walker Kessler. I'm here to do two things. Chew bubblegum and block shots into the third row. And you I'm all out of bubblegum. You know what? My guest, Walker Kessler, <laughs> would love Surly. Oh, yeah. We'll what? put a couple back. Actually, I think, I think Walker Kessler is probably more of a like a... Like a generic beer guy. How about like a nice, nice lager, nice pilsner from Surly? You know, yeah, like, something, it's probably something where he would dabble. I could see I don't Walker see him playing an outdoor IPA. concert yeah. with his band. With his band, Rebound. I could see him playing an outdoor concert. Coming up next on the American Country Music Awards, Walker Kessler sings his new single "I Only Drink Lot Beer" from his uh, debut album, Rim Protectors. <laughs> seven blocked shots per 40 minutes at Auburn. He averaged five and a half block shots per game. And uh, I don't know. I saw him a couple times in the NCAA tournament, but not enough to remember. And so I went back and watched YouTube videos and every YouTube clip is just him swatting shots into the fourth row. So um, we can talk more about that. And then, uh, so then from there, the Timberwolves traded the 29th and a couple future second round picks to Houston 
for the rights to the 26th overall pick. They traded up for uh, Wendell Moore, the wing player from Duke, that looked kind of like a bust his first couple years at Duke and then became just a really good playmaking, slashing, and even three-point shooting player. Uh, six foot five, just a slashing wing player who can hit some threes as of last year and play some defense. Uh, 13-5-4 at Duke, 41% from downtown. There's obviously been all sorts of steam that the Timberwolves are kicking the tires on big names like Clint Capella, Rudy Gobert, DeJounte Murray, which would be a blast if they could make a trade for him. But I don't know. What do you guys think of this so far? I know the three of us aren't exactly uh, scouting college basketball games on a nightly basis. So give me your uh, your beer and a half deep take on Walker Kessler and uh, Wendell Walker. Moore. I think Walker Kessler's going to be fantastic. Let me tell you right now, he's an old-school Wolves pick. Yeah, it's uh, Luke Longley, Paul Grant, Felton Fancher back in the day. You'd bring in these big guys. Uh, here's what I think. I think this is very much a work in progress. I'm not sure about you, you guys, but I, I just have a feeling that we are starting to see the formulation of things. And, like, this is part of the process, which is fine. But um, I'll be very surprised, like, if we're done here. I, I think... Ultimately, and I, I mean, th- this team has been growing throughout uh, t- today, fueled by our friend Dane Moore. It really sounds like um, D'Angelo Russell is almost certainly gone. Like, it's going to be surprising now to a lot of people more in the know probably than we are on the Timberwolves if D'Angelo Russell is back. So I think this is part of the part of the process, but I don't think that this is like, okay, they've, they've sort of formulated the roster. I think that this is just part of the construction uh, that Tim Conley is going to to do. Because as Dukes has said a thousand times now, and I'm sure he's right, you know, there's two guys on this team who are untouchable. And that, right? Like, they're the untouchables. And beyond that, it's sort of going to be a, hey, here's what what we think we should should probably do. So my word tonight would be fluid. I would use the word fluid, not just because I've got a surly here. Sounds like you're... your internet has been drinking some Surleys again tonight, again? just so you know. Yeah. Son of a, what is going on? How how bad now? I, I see That's a little crackly. It's like a 1920s movie. That's all good. I want to tell you right now something about the, uh, New York Knicker, the New York Knickerbockers and Dave DeBusher were all over. Oh, look at that. That's the big O, Oscar Robertson of the Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati. So anyway, I, I think it's a work in progress. I'm going to read you guys just some some anecdotes from people that are much more ingrained into the college careers of these two players than we are. Let's start with Auburn assistant Ira Bowman. In an athletic article, he was quoted as saying, Walker can actually play like someone who is six foot seven. So this is the this is the seven foot center Walker Kessler from uh, Auburn. He's obviously talking about. He can play like someone who's six foot seven. Can move like somebody a lot smaller. That's one of his gifts. So uh, Bruce Pearl was always telling him, be the athlete that you are, play quick, athletic, not slow and lumbering. And, uh, yeah, if you, if you watch him, he definitely he moves around pretty well. I don't think he's ever going to be a guy that's, at least not in the first couple of years of his career, that's going to hit three-pointers. But is he a guy that you can put on the court for, I don't know, 16 to 20 minutes a game as a rookie? And he can prevent Carl Anthony Towns from picking up two extra fouls <laughs> by yep. uh, you know taking on some of that load in the paint. And, and dropping down on defense. So I thought that was interesting. Um, someone else here. I, man, Twitter is flowing fast here. Uh, this is from Johnny Krasinski on Twitter talking to Duke assistant coach Chris Carowell 
I've always compared um I've always compared Wendell Moore to Malcolm Brogdon, just the big guard. Both guys are like six foot five. It's an interesting comparison. I think uh I think Wendell Moore right away is probably a better shooter if he shoots like he did at Duke last season. So, you know, projecting sort of the best case scenario for both guys. Very interesting. My biggest question here is did the Timberwolves it it feels like the Timberwolves with all the reports that we're that we're seeing around just from some of the heavy hitters that they have kicked the tires on Clint Capella, Rudy Gobert, DeJounte Murray, right? Mm-hmm. They're going big game hunting as an organization. Mm-hmm. Did they decide, okay, we're not going to get we're just sorry, we're not going to pay Rudy Gobert $40 million as we're entering a supermax for Cat. We're not going to have two seven-footers making $40 million in 2 years from now. Just you know, we, we sniffed around. It's not worth it. Clint Capella, they, maybe they just want too much. Did they draft Walker Kessler to help fix that problem? Rim protection and, and rebounding were, were uh, glaring issues for them with certain lineup combinations. And they're going to save their chips and assets to go after a guard like a DeJounte Murray. That's the thing I'm the most curious about. We're not going to answer that question necessarily on this podcast, but... If you could have this draft and then swap out D'Lo and some first-round picks for a DeJounte Murray at some point, I mean, that would be such a home run in my mind for this franchise. It would be a blast. Feels like it's the, you know, the unproven draft picks in, you know, Kessler and Moore. If those were potentially, again, potentially pawns in the Spurs game to maybe get uh, DeJounte Murray back here in Minnesota, that's great. You know, I I don't know if that's exactly those two. I'm also not sure if it's... um, you know, the Spurs potentially maybe asking for a couple picks, future picks back in return. But if it if it is indeed one of these two guys playing with the Wolves next year, I mean, I think Kessler's the one that intrigues you, right? Just because he's that rim protector. They have lacked that true definition five and Cat, who can float out on the outside. He's the best big shooting big man in literally in NBA history. You know, if Kessler's indeed on this team next year, I'm intrigued, but he's also going to be a rookie. So how quickly and how tough will it be for someone like that to crack the rotation in Chris Finch's system as a rookie is kind of the big question there. Yeah, I think I, I've seen a lot of people. And by the way, um, let's let's get Doogie in here too as Judd tries to adjust his internet issues. Uh, Doogie is at the Mayo Clinic Square practice facility where apparently Anthony Edwards is hoisting up shots right now with his trainer, yeah. just rolling in on Thursday night okay. at 10 o'clock p.m. So we'll get Doogie, see if he has any insight because you know he was plugged into to some of these workouts. But there's almost no way that a rookie's going to come in here at age 20, uh, you know, a later first round pick in Walker Kessler, and just start at the five with Carl Anthony Towns at the four. So I do think people are making too big of a deal out of, well, I guess this means Carl Anthony Towns isn't going to play the five anymore. No, he's going to play plenty of five. But if, you know, a third of the way through the season or halfway through the season, you can put a lineup out there that allows Cat to move to the four and. Uh, Walker Kessler to take on just some of the dirty work in the paint and protecting the rim, then mm, I'm interested to see it. Um, I'm looking right now on, this is hilarious, NBADraft.net has NBA comparisons for every player. The comparison for Walker Kessler, there's two of them. One's going to make you really happy. One's going to make you groan, Timberwolves fans. Miles Turner is one of the comparisons. So if you just drafted Miles Turner, I think you'd be happy with that. The other one is Cole Aldrich. Oh, for an NBA comp. God. <laughs> yeah, no. No, can't. Can't do that at all. Uh, it's hilarious. I've all right, Jack. What's I've going on? Back in. How are you I've doing got, over there? I, I disconnected. I, I've been 
wired in all day. It's not worked. I'm going to try. I'm going to go freeform here. Wireless. Let's see if that works. Uh, wow. Cole, uh, Cut the court acapella. Do not forget. Do not forget that young Cole joined us in the Target Center uh, booth, though, back oh, in the day. And not only was he a great guest, but he got so comfortable, he dropped two S-bombs. And we're just like, there's not much we can do here. So just allow the young man to swear. But uh, he got really comfortable with us after about 20 minutes and just started dropping words that you can't drop on the radio. He did. Very good time. But what's your tr- so what's your trust of big men like this who are taken like at this point in the draft? Because I think it's a wild card, and I'm it's fine. Like it's not yeah. a bad pick. But I mean, I I just think it's so hard to gauge because like the wolves have taken. I half jokingly said this, but I mean the wolves have taken through the years a lot of guys who are big men at this point. Do I expect Walker Kessler to step in and like be an improvement on Nas immediately? No, I think Nas has worked hard. So Well, just, but he's he's such a different player. Like not they're like almost opposite bigs. And I, I wonder on on one right. hand, maybe That's they're fair. both on the roster because they have complementary skill sets, but it's also possible that this could signal the exit. Maybe Nas Reed is not in the rotational plans for for Trader Tim is what I'm going to call him now. Trader Tim Coming in here, guns a blazing, mm-hmm. just swinging I, trades all throughout the first round. I think about you to might trade be for right. Dejounte Murray. So, so how about the fact that Trader Tim and Quazy? It feels very, very similar, doesn't it? It does. Like Come on in ba- here, sling it around, bailing back down, um, getting more picks, moving those picks around. Like this is definitely the new the new era of trying to equate value to the picks and maximize what you consider to be the value at those picks, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's fun. I love it. I think it's funny cuz cuz Tim Connolly came in here and he kind of said at his introductory press conference, "Hey, these guys have a really good thing going. I just don't want to mess it up, so I'm just going to kind of observe and listen, these guys have been in draft preparation that lasted 5 minutes and he came in and said, "All right, we're going to make couple trades here. Yeah, I'm going to make trades. It's going to be a blast. To your question about what can you expect, I, first of all, I always laugh at people, unless you're an NBA scout and you've been you know, grinding the tape on these players. Sure. People who have super strong opinions about anyone outside the top, basically any non-lottery picks. You know, it's like yeah. Giannis. Giannis, obviously one of the best players in the world the last 20 years. Okay, if if every NBA scout in the world looked at him and said, hmm, enough red flags, super talented Rob, but enough red flags there to where he is not a top 10 pick, then no one knows what they're really... It gets, a lot of this is such a crapshoot, so I, I find it funny, all the people that are like, Walker Kessler, how can they take Walker Kessler? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, well, what if Walker Kessler becomes an elite shop locker who can move, who can catch lobs, who can get out? By the way... He can get out. He can run. He's a little bit more athletic than the lumbering 90s center that I think people are trying to compare him to. So I, I just, I guess what I'm saying is I don't have like super strong take it to the blood bank opinions on these guys. But the Memphis Grizzlies were as good as they were in large part. John ja Morant, yes, helps to have a superstar like that because in 2020, and I forget how they acquired him, I think. I think Boston drafted him and then Memphis swung a trade on draft night. But Desmond Bain was the 30th pick in the first round. Year two, he's one of the best shooters in the NBA. The dude was lights out 
all season and in the playoffs and was just legitimately turning into a superstar player as the 30th pick. A six foot five wing player who can shoot, who can handle the ball a little bit, right? So, you know, is Wendell Moore going to be that maybe for the Timberwolves? That would be awesome, right? I think, is there a potential that Wendell Moore could come in here and be sort of a diet version of Desmond Bain in a couple of years? Like that, to me, that's the hope. There are guys like that out there. If you can develop them, if you can pinpoint them, develop them. But um, Tim Connolly kind of said it best at his press conference. I think it was yesterday. He said, we're just looking to get on base with these picks. When you're picking 19th or you're picking 22nd or 29th, sometimes you're swinging for the fences and you're just going for upside, but you also just want to get on base. You don't, I mean, the Timberwolves have been guilty of this. You don't want to draft guys that aren't rotation players. And they've done that with top 10 picks like Jarrett Culver. I mean, they've had some real bad wins in the top 10. So I don't know. Best case scenario, you can find guys like Desmond Bain out there, but we'll have to see. We'll, We'll know in about two years. Who does more potentially replace rotationally then? Like if he if he develops as they, as they hope, who comes out of the potential rotation that he could replace? Uh, well, T- well Torian Prince is a free agent, and I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna. I don't think he comes back. I just don't know how they're gonna make that work. Cap wise, so maybe he takes some Torian Prince minutes. Nas. Well, no, I mean. No, but Wendell Moore, Wendell Moore not, is who we're talking about. So not he Walker wouldn't, Kessler. Yeah, Walk, Walker Kessler Walker might take Kessler. some Nas Reed minutes. Well, a was go, was basically out of the rotation by the end of the yeah. season last yeah. year. He well, was a non-factor. I think there's a good chance they still trade Malik Beasley at some point this offseason. And in that case, you're going to need some three-point shooting and someone who cares about defense more than Malik Beasley did. So that'll that'll be interesting. There are so many things that could happen in the next two weeks. It's hard yes. to even have the conversation about what could the rotation look like. Yes, because they could no, they I could agree. they could nuke this roster in the next two weeks outside of you know two or three core players. Well, and that I, I think we had this discussion about a week ago, but this to me is the most interesting thing because Conley was in the division, saw the Wolves a lot, and was in the league you know for what the last blank amount of years. Um, he could come in here with a complete crystal clear view and uh, and uh, you know consult with uh, Chris Finch as well, but of what he wants, right? Mm-hmm. So like, because like I think my my ultimate feeling is that you know Quazy came from the Browns and he was he was certainly in an important job there, but it wasn't the main guy, and he's still as far as uh, time span goes relatively new to football and so i think he's trying to slow cook things a bit like what's this team about exactly what are these players about right and so i think that there will be moves that quasi makes over the coming seasons that will juggle the vikings roster more and more conley comes in with enough experience where if he legitimately thinks to himself ants great cats great and after that i am i see opportunity here and i see opportunity to shake things up I could see him going both directions. I could see him saying it's not time to do that yet. I could also see him him saying I I'm absolutely confident enough and Chris Finch has backed me up that I want to make moves immediately and we can win immediately but here's what we have to do. Can I get reckless with you for a second? Here? Reckless speculation. I want to be a little careful here cuz this is sort of like third or like Oh boy. Second and a half hand information. 
So there's information flowing into the Mac camp. Is that what you're telling? Yes. Ma- okay. That is correct. Yes. Did you actually hear that? I will say that the reports that you guys are reading about the Wolves being interested in DeJounte Murray, San Antonio Spurs all-star guard DeJounte Murray. Yep. I am hearing they are legitimate. The Timberwolves are very, very interested, as are other teams. Um, Talks, I believe, are continuing. And this is... I, I don't want to report this, but I've heard some steam... Through the grapevine, yep. that uh, Wendell Moore is someone the Spurs are very interested in. So, is it possible? Wow! Is it possible that the Timberwolves drafted Wendell Moore on behalf of the San Antonio Spurs? Maybe Wendell Moore, a first-round pick in 2024, maybe a first-round pick in 2026, and Delo's contract for one year. You you sound like you're perilously mm-hmm. close mm-hmm. to reporting something. Not mm-hmm. as fact, but as reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Do you know mm-hmm. how do you know how close you are right now to Yahoo Sports aggregating this I am, and putting I, it out there? I am floating Declan, this. Right I'm floating this as close. a theory that I think makes sense. <laughs> As long as you float it and then don't rip me for putting it in the bio or a tweet graphic. Don't that's put, please do not put this in a tweet because I don't, I'm, I'm not reporting it. This is just, it won't this be is in just, a tweet. Okay. It's going to be on the podcast if anyone listens to it. Okay. Yeah, it's, Somebody I'm out not there, reporting this. this. I'm just tweet like, this right now. Yeah. At Phil Mackey is openly speculating <laughs> through sources. Okay. Put it out there. Somebody put it out. Are the Timberwolves pursuing some... DeJounte Murray? That's all. Yeah. That's all. It's I guess. Right yes. Now. That's the question. Yeah. Listen, I'm just, uh, I'm just I'm on some text threads that are interesting and some things get floated around that just want to bring it to the audience and you guys and see what your thoughts are. So let's how would you feel this. if they if they traded if they traded more and a couple future firsts, would you be down for that? Hmm? Here's my question because on the show, you are the wolves like booster. You are the fan, you love the wolves, you've loved them for a long time. So here's my question to you. Of all the names that have been mm-hmm. floated, you know, we we've heard uh, Capella floated, uh, Gobert um, this one, Murray, you tell me this, what excites you the most? Like, like if, if we're talking about potential names that would certainly hit home with fans here, which one of these potential names and deals intrigues you where you would say, Oh my God, this is really exciting to me. You're talking like among the the names that we kicked around on our show yes. earlier today. Yes. And DeJounte Murray. Okay. I think DeJounte Murray. Well, I mean, if Donovan Mitchell's available, then I'll have that conversation, but I don't know that that's a, a realistic play. Yeah, I think what I worry about with the big guys, with Ru- first of all, Rudy Gobert, I think has a super max contract kicking in or just kicked in. So in today's NBA, and he's been a guy that you can sort of neutralize in a playoff series with the right lineup, put him in the spin cycle. So if you've got him and Carl Anthony Towns making a combined, you know, $75, $80 million or whatever it is in a couple of years when Towns' contract goes up again, Mm-hmm. Um, that just feels like a lot of money to be tied into two seven footers. At its simplest, I, I you'd win a bunch of games, and Rudy Gobert helps solve a lot of problems. Clint Capella, kind of the same thing, a little bit less expensive. Um, those are the last two NBA rebounding champions. I listen if they made a trade for either one of those guys, I I would be very interested. But the idea of having Anthony Edwards 
and another young, up-and-coming, less expensive guard like DeJounte Murray instead of D'Angelo Russell. And some of the D'Lo stuff is, I don't want to go too far in it because D'Lo deserves a lot of credit for helping the Timberwolves get to where they got to last year. They don't win 46 games in the regular season without D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. Now, I think if D'Lo plays at the level that he's supposed to play at, I think they beat Memphis in six games. Like They don't blow wow. a bunch of double-digit leads in the fourth quarter, but he's, he yeah. disappeared. I just feel like D'Lo's not the guy, because you have to decide whether you want to re-sign him or not. This is this is part of the decision. People are like, well, you're just going to get rid of D'Lo? Well, you, you have to make a decision. He has one year left in his deal, and his contract as an expiring is valuable as a trade chip. So you could ride the season out with him and then just have his money come off the books for you and then have 50 to $60 million in cap space. But if you can leverage his contract for someone that you really like this offseason, I'm all for it. Um, so again, I, I don't think this should be a total dump on D'Lo fest, but because of the decision you have to make, it's pretty easy to me. Like I'm not, I'm not resigning him. So I'm either trading him now or I'm riding out one more season and then just taking the cap space right. that I get next summer. So among those three players, give me DeJounte Murray. Give me DeJounte. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the part about the D'Lo conversation that's probably incredibly fair right now too, is this, he was clearly Gerson's guy. So, like, if Gerson doesn't get fired because of the extracurricular activities that he was involved in or not being a good guy, then D'Lo is, you know, probably here. But I'm sorry, when you bench a guy who is that important to your team in the in the final game of your playoff series, when his defense dro- dropped off, when there's just weird little stuff that occurs, like, I go back to that, What what was that? It wasn't even a dust-up, but it was weird. At the end of the season, the thing with D'Lo where he decided not to join timeout huddles and he just sat by himself. And he's like, when I feel like that, I just need to sit by myself. Um, I guess the question about that comes back to, okay, how does Chris Finch feel about that? And and you know what? Fair or not, Phil? Are you a big enough star? Like, are you? Uh, do you have enough star power to do that? Because... We might, we might not like it, but Cat can get away with a lot of crap because yeah. he's Cat. Um, I don't know that D'Lo carries the same credibility that like Cat does or that Ant will. So like, there's a lot of things here that because of the fact that Gerson's gone and Conley's in, I think are going to change as far as perception. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm so curious as to how the, the benching landed with D'Lo. Cause we're, we're kind of talking about this from this perspective of should the wolves look to trade D'Lo what we don't know enough about is to what extent does D'Lo even want to be a Timberwolf long term, because he gets a say in it as well. You know, and he kind of he sent out a little tweet acknowledging the the sh- the shopping report that was out there a week or two ago. So I don't know. I don't know that it has to be contentious. I think you made the trade to get rid of Wiggins for a reason because he was never going to amount to that contract in Minnesota. He happens to go to a place that has one of the great basketball cultures of all time, and he gets to blossom as a role player. It worked out perfectly for Golden State. It also worked out pretty damn good for the Timberwolves because they got a guard that helped them get back to the playoffs and win 46 games. And I think if if this was the end for D'Angelo Russell, then I think he just, yeah, thanks, Matt. Awesome, awesome season in 2021-22. I don't think it has to be, you know, hatred or anything. And uh, you just, it's... A different scenario, but Stefan Marbury was kind of a similar player in that the numbers looked really good. 
shooting percentage was kind of low, sort of a, a me-first, score-first point guard um, in the end. I think D'Lo probably looked to facilitate the teammates a little bit more than Steph did. But in in the end, I believe the Timberwolves were not going to get to the next level with Stephon Marbury as the, the number two to Kevin Garnett. Well, Terrell Brandon wasn't necessarily the guy either, right. and they struggled for seven years to find somebody. I don't think D'Lo at that price tag is the guy to help you get to the next level. So and Steph and Steph forced his way out. Like Steph said, I should be paid more. Kevin's making all this money. Where's mine? And they're basically like, we can't pay you that, and we're not going to. And Steph said, then I want to go home. And so he, I think his, I think his first choice was to, to go to the Knicks. They didn't. They couldn't work a trade with the Knicks, but they did work a trade at that time with the Nets. Um, I think with D'Lo, I think what we're finding is the back of D'Lo's basketball card eventually is just going to have a boatload of teams. It's going to go Lakers, mm-hmm. Nets, Warriors, Wolves. You know, he's going to end up like with the Hawks and Pacers and stuff. And, and I think he's just a guy who I don't think he's a bad guy, first of all. So, like, I think he's I think in some ways he's very smart and very thoughtful. So I don't want to paint him as a bad guy, but I think he's sort of just a disgruntled guy, and I think he's headstrong, and I don't think he buys in like necessarily to this team thing, which, by the way, I sort of applaud at times, but in sports it doesn't work. And so I think that's the difference with him, but I think he's just going to bounce around. I think he's a definite, um, much like coaches are, Phil, I think he's a shelf life guy. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he's got two or three, two, three, maybe four years max at each stop, and then it's going to be time to move on. I see a bunch of people in the comment section just trying to dissect and pick apart uh, my speculation here. Listen, you guys, I told you, I'm not reporting anything. I'm just I'm just, I'm just floating some things out there that I've heard second and third hand Whoa. from people Hold that on. are sort of plugged in. So yeah. don't don't take it as gospel. Yeah, here it is. Phil, that speculation makes no sense for the Wolves to draft more to talk to the Spurs because the Spurs had three chances to get more but didn't. Yeah, that makes sense. I might be, I don't know. Actually, I'm just passing along information that I feel like is interesting for the show here. So don't that, kill the messenger. Actually, I would I would say that that move as a long play does make sense, and here's why. It makes sense because the Spurs wanted to take players that, that they targeted before him, and then they got the Wolves to take more for them and think about how the trade w- would un- unfold. It wouldn't be like more to the Spurs for a second-round pick next year. Like, we're talking about packages. Like, this is like Christmas, and we're bundling things, right? <laughs> yes. So so it's different than saying, well, that makes no sense because the one player, they could have taken him. Um, I would argue that you might be on something. Well, would they then have to keep four first-round picks under contract from this draft? That's my. That would be my question. Yeah, the, you it's, know, all, it, it's all it's, chips, though. It's, yeah. it's pop, too. It's pop playing with chips. It just—it's weird that they would want to go into. This is what I don't get about the whole thing. Why is Dejounte Murray even available? I agree with that. He's twenty-five. He was an all-star for the first time. He's twenty-one, nine and eight. Energizer Bunny. I agree. Good defender. Like he led the league in steals. Is it an attitude thing? Because Pop, I, Pop, yeah. and Kawhi bashed heads at twenty-five, twenty-six years old. And Kawhi just kind of sat out the whole season on his own crew's medical advice, and then they had the falling out, and he got traded. Right. So Pop has done this before with star players. I don't know. Is he just is he getting senile? But the thing with oh. the thing with Kawhi though was a head on confrontation. Like it was a challenge to Pop's authority and Pop was not going to accept that. This is weirder because I don't know of anything like the thing with Kawhi was out there and we knew exactly what was wrong and Pop's like, I'm not gonna tolerate this. 
This one would be weirder, but I'm just I'm just saying I wouldn't dismiss that the Wolves would take a guy for the Spurs and that fans would say, well, that makes no sense. A lot of weird things happen. Isaac chimes in on the Scorn Earth YouTube comment section. What's with the dude just sitting on the left not saying a word? He's producing. Why? Why do <laughs> a lot of hats? Yeah, it's what? it's uh, there, there's a lot so of things going on, Isaac. You know, um, you have your thumbs up doing a little skydiving there. I'm skydiving my own way right here. I'm yeah, literally, I'm, I'm going right towards the ground, trying to make sure we pull that parachute in time. That's kind social of like media post going up right now. Bios, okay, a lot, a lot, lot of happening here. I think people, I think people think that you are on the show and like purposely disengage from it because you're working. Because, like, you're mm-hmm. looking down a lot and, and typing and stuff. And I think there's, like, a certain f- faction who's like, why is this guy on the show? And he's not even paying attention to people the two think, guys. It's like people think that Mackie and Judd granted a make-a-wish to just some 12-year-old. Yeah. And he's just okay, sitting John on Cena. screen for but, 45 I mean, minutes. Like, yeah. But the dude's, like, continually like this because yeah. he's doing stuff. I'll defend Dex on this one. Thank uh, you. Appreciate hilarious. Um, Plus, he chimes in. <laughs> he's got takes. So yeah, people asking about Doogie. So Doogie, his A job has taken precedence here. He's on Channel 5 doing different hits right now. So we might not be able to connect with Doogie on this special podcast tonight, but we'll definitely hear from him in the coming days here. Um, you know, what, what other thoughts do you have, Judd, on? I don't know what any of this means yet. I don't, I don't, I'm not ready to say that these are the players that they are sticking with. Right. I need Hell, there might be another trade tonight. The second round just started. Right, and then obviously we're one week away from the league year opening and free agency and open trade season. There's going to be other dominoes like the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant dominoes now that are up in the air as of today. So there's so many things that have to happen in the next couple of weeks, and I'm sure the Timberwolves will be involved in a lot of discussions. But I don't, I don't really know what to think. So I'm just kind of sitting back and letting it play out. So a couple of thoughts off that. One is because I was actually at um, Mayo Clinic Square the year the Butler trade took place. And if I'm not mistaken, the Butler trade, there was a lot of like steam to it and a lot of speculation. But I don't think it really came down until late because I, I remember Tibbs coming out really late and talking about it. And so there could be a trade. You're a thousand percent right, Phil, tonight. Like we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, these things are all orchestrated i wish the nba i wish like this league does a lot of things really well so but i do wish the league was a little bit more openly um um frontal in some ways with like their trades like i hate i i absolutely hate the fact that you know here's my here's my memphis grizzlies hat but i've got traded to the i don't get that the wolves had to put out a graphic for that player that the grizzlies actually wound up that uh Jake La Naga Naga not gonna play here anymore. Whoever that guy was, the Wolves had to put a social graphic out for a guy that everyone knew wasn't gonna play for them. Right, and they did the same thing when they made the. I believe the year that they made the Bulls trade for Butler, didn't they put a graphic out for the the guy that got taken by the Bulls ultimately? Anyway, my point is, I wish they would just allow things to the, the fur to fly right now because it, it would be more fun. They don't. Um, second part that I think is so intriguing is this, and that is the Wolves have two paths. There's two very clear paths, in my opinion, that they can take, and with Conley, we have no clue. One path is the whole path of let's wait a year and let's open up the cap room. Because, like, the cap spigot in a year from now, potentially, could open up. And, like, you could have a ton of opportunities. You hang on to D-Law. You mm-hmm. just basically bite the bullet. Or you could say, screw that. You know what? 
we feel that we can win now, but we don't feel that we can win with the roster as currently constructed. And so we're going to make moves now and get creative. And like, this is where to me, and I think I talked about this on Mackie and Judd today. This is incredibly fun because we don't know what path they're going to choose, but either one of them is incredibly intriguing. And I know that path, the path of let's wait a year wouldn't be the sexiest and the most fun right now, but it might be incredibly fruitful too. I'm looking at the the cap situation for next summer. So they only have two guaranteed contracts right now for next summer. Now, put a pin in that. Come back to it. I got you. Carl Anthony Towns at $36 million and Jared Vanderbilt at $4.7 million are the only guaranteed contracts they have on the books for next summer. Now, they're going to exercise the club option for Anthony Edwards, obviously, and that'll be $13.5 million. And they're going to exercise Jade McDaniels at three point nine million, and those guys will be in line for, I think, is it next summer? I'm pretty sure that then those guys are in line next summer for their extensions. So Ant will get a max that kicks in in 2025. Uh, Jaden, I don't know that Jaden would have to have a huge year this year to get a max and that would change the whole complexion of the, if, if all of a sudden Jay McDaniels became a max player, great problem to have, right? But he'll get a bump of some kind. Otherwise Malik Beasley has a club option for 16, five. You're not, I don't think I just, he's a great shooter, but you don't need to pay 16. You shouldn't be paying 16, five for streaky shooters that don't play defense. Conley you know? traded him once. He'll trade him again. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Probably trades him in two weeks, to be yeah, honest. I think he's gone. Delo's off the books. Pat Bev is off the books at 13. And by then, he'll be 35 years old. So I think you'll just thank Pat Bev for helping to set a culture. And, you know, yep. well, I guess we'll see you in your media career. Um, Balmaro is going to have a club option that kicks in for two and a half. But he's not even a rotation player yet. So, you, you know, there's a lot of promise there. But at some point, all right, this is something's got to happen here. And then Jordan McLaughlin. He has a $2.3 million non-guaranteed deal for next, but that's it. That's it. All these other guys either come off the books or, uh, or just aren't eating up that much money. So it's just, it's so intriguing. Anyone that you add this summer yep. or this week, the next two weeks that is under contract also for multiple years, you have to make sure that those guys are good enough players that warrant eating up that cap space that you could have next summer. Yes. And this also comes down then to me to patience. Like, are you going to be patient? Like, would would you take D'Lo back for the sake of of you know next year being freed from him completely? I don't know. I mean, you might. Tim Connolly's smart enough that I I actually do trust that he is a guy who very well could have a plan. And Finch is too. Like like both of those guys. Neither one of those guys to me seem to be super reactive. Let's just do this right now for the sake of this. Like, like I think Beasley's gone because I don't think those guys probably just like him that much, which is absolutely fine. But as far as, like, manipulating the roster to get the most because you say, you know what, 2022-23 could be fun, but starting next next summer, we could be in a position to make hay. Um, and I think, if, I think if you tell especially Lori that, and say, here's what the plan is. Mm-hmm. He's a planner too. So 
I'm not saying he's the most patient guy, probably, but I also think that he would hear he he would hear a guy that he just paid as much as he paid Conley out to say this makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. The other thing on the cap space conversation for next summer is the free agents that are available that you like the max type guys. I, and I'd have to maybe I don't have it in front of me, but it's a lot of like Kyrie's and depending on what kind of contract he signs here, right. it's guys that are a little older. Maybe on the other side of their the James Harden types, and guys that would you'd have to overpay anyways to come to Minnesota. You know what kind of what kind of Timberwolves tax would you have to pay on an unrestricted free agent? Now you could say, well, who are the restricted free agents? The younger guys that you could put an offer in on. But remember, restricted free agency can be matched by the you know the original team. So again, you're overpaying for guys the Timberwolves tax and the restricted free agency tax. To me, the more appealing way to use that cap space is via trade. And so, you know, maybe, if, if again, if you identify the right guy, if if DeJounte Murray is the right guy, or if you think Malcolm Brogdon from Indiana is the right guy, right? then make the move now and eat into that cap space for, for next summer. I, I want to know what free agents am I waiting on and how likely is it that they're even going to entertain a conversation over – the five other more appealing cities or whatever that, you know, NBA players want to gravitate to. And let's also keep in mind too, and and this is true of every team in sports. um, You can supplement free agency wise. You can supplement really well. So like you can add a key piece, Pat Bev, Pat Bev's Mm -hmm. a heck of a piece. Um, But just like with Parisian Suter, when you start to say, we're going to build, we're going to go out and sign guys and build this way. How often does that truly work? How often does that? And, and again, I think a guy like Conley, Conley and Finch strike me as builders. They don't strike me as quick fix, free agent, let's go sign this guy. It's sexy. It's fun. It'll make splash headlines. They strike me as builders. So, yeah, I think you're, I think you're probably right. And, you know, so if you went out and signed free agents too, and you paid as, as, you call it, Phil, the Timberwolves tax. Um, to your point, who are you going to sign who's going to just really shift things completely? Mm-hmm. Because you are building around a cat for sure, an ant who I think we all think is great. So it's not like you got nothing. It's not like you're like trying to supplement with, oh, my God, we just have nothing here. You have two foundational pieces, right or wrong, especially with cat, because I'm not completely sold there yet. But you do have two foundational pieces. So... Yeah, I think that there's a lot of I think there's a lot of wiggle room here that they might not do something that we're going to find exciting in the next couple of weeks, but those things might actually pay off. Yeah, this this this. Oh, go ahead, Dex. So I said, do you guys want also just initial draft grades from our friend Kevin O'Connor on ah, uh, yeah. on, on these two picks, friend of the show. Yeah, let's do it, Kevin O Timberwolves. Yeah. Kevin O Timberwolves, friend of the show off the ringer. <laughs> so he's already graded this guy. Already has grades and blurbs on every pick that was made in the first round at the ringer.com right now. Wow. So uh, pick 22nd, Walker Kessler on the CMAs and also playing center for your Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, grade from Kevin is a B minus. Minnesota has been pursuing veteran centers in the trade market like Rudy Gobert and Clint Capella, but landing a big on a rookie contract might be the better path. Kessler uh, was one of the best shot blockers on all college basketball. He won the defensive player of the year. 
Uh, but Minnesota's roster hasn't taken shape yet, and the D'Angelo Russell rumors continue. But this pick is about constructing the best front court around towns, and clearly the Wolves want to be big. Yeah, the, right. this kind of does make sense as a keeper. Yeah, I think it's just uh, they they need someone like this that can help block shots, and they just need size. They they're not a very and you can get away with playing small, but. There's limitations to the way they're trying to do it. So, again, is Walker Kessler is the type of player that even at his best, he's probably not going to get to play against certain teams, and that's right. fine. Right. But I'd rather have that guy on a rookie-scale contract than bring a guy in that like a Clint mm-hmm. Capella or a Rudy Gobert and take a huge gamble on a guy that's a max player that you might have to sit on the bench for chunks. Now, that kind of worries me. So Kessler would play the five when when Cat is out, probably more so, right? Because I, I think when we talk about Capella, you're talking about putting Capella at the five and Cat would go to the four at times, and, and they, they would play mm-hmm. together. they play together a lot, yes. Right, exactly. Now, Walker Kessler probably would Walker not be Kessler. a Walker, Walker Kessler. Kessler would not be a matchup I, that you would. Ladies and gentlemen, I just Walker love Target Kessler. Field. You know what? He sounds like a guy that twins would get to play Walker at Target Kessler. Field. Wow. And with it his, it, with his new hit crowd. single, The Whiskey on Her Breath, but not by Walker Kessler. But Walker would, would be a guy who would play behind Towns, but not with Towns, probably, correct? Uh, no, he would. I mean, the, I think the I he's mean, not going to play with Towns for every minute, but I think the idea yeah. here is that Towns right. can slide to the four against some teams. Okay. Because that's what I was thinking, like, with Capella, you'd have them together a lot. And that's because Capella is making a ton of money and plays 30 Correct. minutes, and I'm just Walker saying Kessler little, would, would not start playing 30 minutes. A little know. bit of a different thought process is all yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Um, on Wendell Moore, though, at pick 26, KOC gives him an A-minus grade. Mm. Moore mm. makes a lot of sense <laughs> for Minnesota because of his defensive versatility and spot-up shooting. But he can also handle the ball a little bit, and at times he has served as a reliable pick and roll creator for Duke. And if the Wolves do trade D'Angelo Russell, having guys who can be three and D role players that can transform into creators is one of the utmost importance to support Ant and Carl Anthony Sounds. Yeah, I like the the idea of more is such a perfect sort of modern basketball role player, right? A guy that he can slash. He's athletic. He can shoot at 41% with Duke last year, and he can play some defense. So the fully realized version of a guy like that is a really helpful asset to the Timberwolves. Even if he can just shoot to start with. Can you play 15 minutes and knock down some threes? So he's not Okogie or Culver is what you're telling me. Yeah. Well, I was so high on Okogie. You watched him play initially. You're like, oh, man, that guy, what an energizer bunny. Because he does a lot of good things, but. Boy, yeah, Okogi is can't hit the broad side of a barn, unfortunately. So yeah, that's. Uh, by the way, if you're watching us right now, thank you guys for hanging out with us late on this Thursday night NBA draft night. Please click the subscribe button on the Score North YouTube channel and the like button on this video to help spread the word about this community of Timberwolves fans, Minnesota sports fans that uh, that you're helping us build here, Mackie and Judd. If you missed. Anything we did all week in terms of like wolf speculation, I think all of it still holds up. Like the some of the names and trade talks because they haven't actually done anything other than you know trade draft picks. So go check those episodes out. The scoop with Doogie from uh, from earlier today on this Thursday, and then Purple Daily Daily Vikings discussions too. With this week's Judd's ranking the top twenty five Vikings players of all time. 
Do you guys have any other thoughts here before we shut her down here? Hit the pillow and come back for a little uh, little action movie rewind tomorrow? Well, who, oh, who knows God. what could happen once we get done? I mean, we could have a massive trade go down. Well, if it, and if it does, get... we'll probably come back. <laughs> I was going to go to sleep. Unless you guys want to stay all the way through the second round and wait for it. Where, how far through the second round? Because I, I am not uh, trying to watch it right now. Are we? I think we're in the mid-30s still. Yeah, I think there's been like, like six or seven picks. Did, did yeah. the Wolves still have three picks in the second round? I didn't see which second round. They traded like three future second round picks tonight, and I don't know how no, many know. of them I'm were tonight. Or yeah, I don't. I honestly don't know how many other second round picks they even have left tonight. Gotcha. I guess my final thought is this: I don't think that this is done by a long shot. I think we're going to see. Um, if we don't see moves, we're we are going to hear more really fun. Reckless speculation in the coming weeks. Uh, I think the free agency period is going to be great. It always is for this league. I don't think the Wolves are done trying to be proactive. Um, I don't think they're going to do something stupid. I don't think they're going to be irresponsible, hopefully knock on wood. But I do think that they are going to um, certainly put more irons in the fire when it comes to potential moves. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm just excited to see uh, what else happens here. If there's a trade in the middle of the night or if uh, there's a trade down the line. I'm I'm curious to see what uh what Tim Connolly, friend of the show and friend of movie reviews too, by the way. If uh, you're not familiar with with Connolly, you can find his interview on our YouTube channel. Uh, dude loves his old '90s comedies and also loves to clearly wheel and deal and make some moves. As uh, great as shoes tonight too. Last, great, he's got operations. great shoes on tonight. Great suit game. Suit looked yeah. good. Mark Lords looked like some guy standing next. I didn't really understand his fit. Uh, he has great oh, that, shoes. That's, yeah, but... that's that's called the I'm worth a billion dollars yeah. and yeah. I'll wear whatever the bleep I want look, including just a plain black t-shirt. Guys <laughs> that are hat. guys who are super confident and rich um dress really well, but they dress like I dress. They they just pay way, way more for their tennis shoes and t-shirts. Yeah, their schleppy t-shirts are tailored. That's right, the exactly. But they I mean like Mark's got a wolves hat on. That that's how he dresses and you know what? I'm here for it. I will say Tim Connolly too. I don't want to body shame anyone here. Throw stones in a glass house, but uh, you know he wears a lot of hooded sweatshirts and stuff. When he came on our show, he wore the hooded sweatshirt, and then I think he had a sweater on or something. I I can't remember what he was wearing at his press conference, but I tell you what, he had a nice tailored dress shirt on in the picture with Mark Laurie and that Instagram photo that I put out on on Twitter. He's in pretty good shape. He from the neck up, he looks a little bit. I don't know, like old Judd or something from before his weight loss plan. I but he, uh, you know, it looks like he's keeps himself in pretty good shape. So I think he's props in to Tim. shape. I think he, and this is, by the way, this is a praise, not criticism. I think he drinks beer, and so he's got a little bit of a beer body, mm. but he's not in bad shape. Yeah, just a little bit of a dad bod. A little yeah, like a beer, a beer dad bod. Yeah. yeah, nothing wrong with that. Happens. That's fair. Got a bunch of people saying they want us to stay through part of the second round here, guys. I don't even know, like, if wh- whoever they draft, we're probably never ha- we've never heard of him. So they just want, they, they just want us to keep him company. You know what I'll do next? I will melt down about the Knicks picks. Oh like God, Stephen A. Stephen A. Just it's a great. I love it. Crazy. I think it's hilarious. Okay, Memphis. Uh, interesting. Real quick here, a little little, little Woj See, bomb, a little Woj grenade here. Here we go. So San Antonio picked Kennedy Chandler at number 38 and then traded him to Memphis. Okay. So San Antonio is uh, maybe clearing out some mm. some space. These second-round mm. picks have 
don't have guaranteed roster spots, but maybe they're clearing out space because they, you know, added another first round pick at the end there. The Timberwolves. It feels like there's too much. It feels like there's too much steam behind all of this Murray stuff for it not to at least be true being talked about. It's definitely being talked about. Yeah, but also, and we'll okay. We'll stay through one second round pick here because I think they're on the clock either now or shortly after. But Tim Connolly was pretty great in his pre-draft press conference, just saying, "Yeah, I mean, we." Somebody asked him, maybe it was Doogie, because I think we played the clip on our show earlier today. And it's like, is this fun or is it kind of stressful? He's like, oh, it's super fun. Blast! We're just on the phone all day long kicking around trade ideas with teams. And sometimes it's kind of hard when you're trying to get a third team involved because it gets complicated. He's like, oh, and and someone said, well, how many of those trades actually come to fruition? He's like, 98% go nowhere, but still pretty fun. You know, didn't Gerson say the same thing? (laughs) Yeah, he did. I think Gerson, to his credit, said, said the same thing. Yeah. He, he, he said that we asked him, what percentage of trades that you sling around your own office do you actually pitch to teams? And Gerson told us 50% of them. That's great. <laughs> I have a feel. My my sense is this, and, and I appreciate this. H- hockey probably is about the same with a, a lot of GMs, but mm-hmm. I feel like NBA executives that we've talked to have been the most like open about like we love this stuff. I feel like football people are like, oh, we're football people. We we you know we're always grinding. We can't talk about it being fun, right? Yeah. And baseball baseball is like we're highly intelligent. We're crunching numbers. What are what are you doing for you know your life? I feel like the basketball folks are like really just are like yeah you know what it's great. It's more like, yeah, it's more it's like trains. a lighter vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. It feels like I mean, there's a little less turnover too in the NBA. It feels like a guy like Tim Connolly probably gets fired from Denver at some point, not because he deserved to be. If it was the NFL, I'm saying, where oh, you just kind of, you know, you yeah. keep bashing your head against the same wall early in the playoffs, and then it's time to find someone else in the NFL. In the NBA, they're like, no, he totally knows what he's doing, but they just, you know, lost one of their star players. Plus, in the NBA, it's so dependent on finding one guy. Like, if you don't have the one guy, if you don't have the and Jokic. He did find the one, and yeah, and you're right. He yep. found that, that guy. Well, yep. in football, it's nice to find a guy who plays quarterback, but I'll digress and talk about that <laughs> some other day. <laughs> and it only took Judd 54 minutes to make this Timberwolves draft recap reaction hey, podcast about Kirk Cousins. They're not if you were scoring show, at home. But don't forget, the logic bomb is your summer surly beer. Oh, we have a Woj bomb here. Sure. We have a Woj bomb. The Timberwolves are trading the 40th pick to Charlotte, a source tells ESPN. The Hornets are targeting Bryce McGowns wow. from Nebraska. So, so there you have it. So Conley clearly loves to play the game. Oh, but Shams, he sh- I love the cat-mouse game here. Woj beat Shams on this one because Shams said Minnesota will pick Bryce McGowans at number 40, but... but Woj has it as a trade to Charlotte. I believe, uh, like as of like 15 minutes ago, StatMuse had Shams beating Woj to picks like 19 to 11 so far, at least in the first round. So Shams wow. had the upper hand. It got that ugly, uh, huh? Yeah, it did. And I love that they're well, tracking well, that. Woj will was, sleep for a year. I was gonna say though, but but Woj has to worry about also being on TV. But Shams is too. Shams is doing the stadium, yeah, he's doing webcast doing tonight. That's got a bunch of viewers. So they're both they're both kind of multitasking. Mm-hmm. How do, how do you think they get access to those picks? Hmm. So like, like it's obviously someone in the league or someone is just you know, feeding it to them, right? Yeah. 
Yes, most definitely. But, you know, I have decided... I used to sort of like it, right? Like, in, I, I think Schefter and his cohorts for a year or two or three did the same thing. I actually like it now when they just don't do it. I don't need to know the pick ahead of time. Like, I'm I'm watching. I can see the pick. And I think they only they don't do it for the audience. They do it right. as kind of a measuring contest between themselves, right? <laughs> if everyone just said, listen, guys, okay, we, you guys are both great. We get it. Just, let's just have a suspenseful TV broadcast. But I do think that the NBA should come up with a formula where if you're going to make a trade, you can just make the trade. Like, it doesn't yeah, need to be this so clandestine. Dumb. We don't need it's Adam Silver weird. coming up 50 minutes after the trade has hit Twitter and announcing it. It's kind of like, oh, Adam Silver's coming out to announce a trade. Oh, yeah. we saw that on Twitter an hour and a half ago. Right. That's the weir- <laughs> that's the weirdest thing. It's so backwards for a league that, that, is, a- that is actually so progressive. So earlier today when the Kyrie stuff started leaking out, it literally leaked. Shams and Woj tweeted out at the exact same time, source, with knowledge of Kyrie's thinking. And then they both had to sort of interpret whatever information they were given at the exact same time in their own way. It wasn't like a verbatim cut and paste job, which you see sometimes. So is that Kyrie just literally having a group text with Woj, Shams, is, or Probably Kyrie's agent, agent or, or something? Agent. Yeah. Agent. So yep. the agent is texting both those guys at the same time saying, hey, here's, you know, it, it didn't come from me, but here's the information. Right. Yeah, I didn't say a thing about it, but yeah. I, hmm. I did get turned down from Shams for an interview request. Why I asked him to come on the show, like pre-COVID. I got a text back from Shams, and I just, I, I was, I, I got, I have declined, though. I got a decline button on it. What did he, he, wish me what all did well, he tell though. you? He said, uh, hey, tomorrow's not going to work. And it was like, I think I actually read when COVID started. And he said, hopefully you're staying safe and staying healthy. So honestly, I bet it was like the same copy and paste text that he has been sending to producers all over the to- all over the place for like the last three years. Wait, he said, I don't have time, but I don't hope have time you're staying. today, but hope you're staying safe and healthy. Because it was like right when COVID started. Like, that's, just, said, no, I'm, that's a little no, disingenuous. I'm sick as a dog. I'm coughing constantly, Sham. Something's wrong. Call Should I just text right him? Now. Are we trading you for DeJounte? Yeah, text, yeah, text him right now and see if he... <laughs> just no. be like... So, here's the thing, Sham's too, coming. though. I will say this. As far as guests go, the information, the true in- information, guys, are not that good. As Phil and Royce learned... Oh, my in, God. In the year with Schefter... Like, I'd much rather have an O'Connor type of guy who comes on and, like, spitballs things, and he knows a ton, but he's, like, a personality. Oh, we have... What's up? Hold on. Sorry. We got got another... Okay. Uh, Two future seconds to the Timberwolves. Two future seconds. That's part of it. Mind-numbing at this point. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, the information guys don't give opinions. They just... And any information that they would be giving, it's already out. They're not... Holding it for your show. <laughs> this is Shams. I'm on with you guys. I'm going to tell you right now. I got thank several God, trades. Thank God you asked me to come on because I have so much Timberwolves steam yeah. that no one asked me about. It. It's crazy. Oh. Yeah, we had Adam Schefter on as a weekly guest back in 2010 on the radio. You could hear him typing in the background. And because I have tweet deck open all the time, even going back 12 years ago, you could see him rifling off tweets during the interview and just like, <laughs> Taking thirty seconds to hem and haw on his answer. Uh yeah. Uh, you know, three tweets come out. So he literally has this thing phone. about Brett Favre. So he's got like three phones. So he literally is being texted stuff as he's talking yes. to you on one phone, so he can tweet out stuff from another phone. God, hilarious. All right, I'm uh, I'm good waiting. I don't need to wait on 
the rest of the second round to play out. We can we can dissect no, that after okay. the fact. Talk about some of that tomorrow. Now, if the Timberwolves trade for Dejounte Murray tonight, we will come back on. Rest assured. But right. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's going to slow cook if that's going to happen. But okay, we'll see. So thanks like to uh, everyone for hanging out with us here tonight on this Mackie and Judd Timberwolves draft reaction special. Please click the subscribe button on the Scornath YouTube channel. The like button helps spread the word about the show. And uh, if you haven't already watched Twister from 1996, please do so late tonight over a couple beers mm-hmm. so you can keep up with Action Movie Rewind on the show tomorrow.